Welcome to Season 1, Episode 3 of Buzzwords, Conversations About Teaching and Learning at SU, where we talk about teaching and learning at Shenandoah, and hopefully a lot more than that. We'd like to thank our sponsor, SU's Transformative Teaching and Learning Team, led by Karin, five stars Lucas. Thank you for the review. <laughs> I'm Melissa Meltzer-Craft, head women's basketball coach and wannabe faculty member. Um, and we are very excited for today's episode featuring Erica Francis. Uh, Joey, how are you doing? I'm great, Melissa. Thank you. And uh, yeah, my, I'm Joey Gariziak, director of eSports, wannabe coach. And um, yeah, looking forward to another great podcast today. Really excited to hear about Erica and all that she's been working on. I know her from working on some VR projects, so excited to catch up with her and, and hear from her for sure. Uh, Scott, how about you? Good. Scott King. I teach psychology at Shenandoah, and I'm also a wannabe coach. And, um, you know, they say, like, if you can't play something, you're supposed to coach. And I think if you can't coach something, you're supposed to teach. So like teaching is way at the bottom before, right. before coaching, <laughs> <all> feel good. <laughs> before coaching and playing. Uh, as, a, as a teacher, I love metrics. So here's our latest metrics on how the podcast is doing. We've got an 101 downloads on the Podbean site. It's subuzzwords.podbean.com. So we hit our goal. As a coach, as a professor, you want to hit your goals. Last time we said we were at 50, 51. We wanted to get triple digits, so we're there. I'm not going to say how many of those downloads I did myself just <laughs> to get us to 100 downloads, but we're there. And we want to thank Karen Five Stars Lucas for the lovely review she gave us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, she wrote that there were charismatic hosts and engaging guests. So other listeners, we know you're out there. Give us some uh, some ratings, some reviews. You don't have to be as nice as Karen, but uh, we need those ratings and reviews. Let's thank also our producer, Xander Merle-Smith, MBA student and graduate assistant. And I'm back to Melissa. Don't forget, we have an email address as well, buzzwords at su.edu. And our website is subuzzwords. .podbean.com. I am so excited about today's guest, former student athlete, Erica Francis. So we're going to dive right in and include her in on our conversation. Erica is an associate professor of physician assistant studies at Shenandoah. She earned her Master of Science in PA Studies from SU and a BA in Mathematics and Studio Art from Salem College, Go Spirits. She currently serves as a faculty senator at Shenandoah and is the chair of the University Information and Technology Committee. Her scholarship interests include exploring virtual reality and immersive learning applications for health professions education. She serves as a content expert on the Physician Assistant Education Association End of Curriculum Exam Development Board. Erica also maintains clinical practice in occupational medicine and primary care. Whoa, that's a lot right there. I love it. This is what I like this conversation right now, Erica, <laughs> former field hockey and tennis student athlete at Salem College. So welcome, Erica. Thank you. Thank you. It's true. I did um, enjoy being a student athlete in undergrad. I um, loved the relationships and the experiences that I got to have as a student athlete. And as you can tell from my undergrad experience, I did a little bit of everything, <laughs> a little bit of left brain, a little bit of right brain, a little bit of art, a little bit of math. And um, I actually 
grew up in a tennis family, played a lot of tennis all growing up and anticipated playing tennis in college, um, division three tennis in college. And, um, I actually wanted to play field hockey. It was in VHSL at the time, the same season. So you had to make tough choices in high school. And, um, so I played club hockey and then I walked on the hockey team, um, in college and played that too. So fantastic. Yeah. Kept me quite busy, busy and out of trouble. Love it. Nothing but love for D3 student athletes. Love it, Erica. Scott, why don't you get this conversation going in, which we're going to include Erica in. Yeah. So Joey and I both said we want to be coaches. And as, as professors, you know, we're, we're sort of envious of coaches because they get, you know, they get to be exercising. They get to, you know, enforce rules in my mind a little differently than professors do. They get to, you know, put in some reinforcements and some, some punishments when they have to. So I was wondering, like, as professors, what are we jealous of specifically that coaches get to do with their student athletes Erica, is there something that as a professor you wish you could do like that a coach did for you? For sure. I I think there's a lot of parallels, though, in teaching, especially being a professor, especially being a professor of graduate students um, with coaching. I think um, my students, I have the privilege of teaching extremely bright, motivated, driven students. And so... um, Often they were superstars in undergrad academically. They know how to make sacrifices. They know how to study hard and perform well. And what I've found is that um, what becomes really important for them is graduate advising. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not helping them select courses or trying to decide on a major. They all want to be PAs when they grow up. And so what I'm often doing is a little bit more life coaching and a little bit less of that traditional undergrad advising role. So um, I am my student's number one cheerleader. Um, I believe in them. I really um, think admissions and graduate work is really important. And once we decide on who's going to be in our cohort-based program, it's all about doing whatever we have to do to kind of encourage them to succeed. We bring them in because we think 100% of them are going to succeed and they have the potential to be like awesome PAs. Yeah. Well, that sounds like recruiting. Right. I mean, you typically get the, the, the better or best student athletes from high school on the college team. So sort of the best and brightest, like in the PA program. Yes. And then you, sure. you do a lot more than sports coaching. One hundred percent. I can relate to that on every level. I feel like a life coach in so many ways. And just because the basketball court is my classroom doesn't mean that we're not talking about the same things as you guys are. I just want to go back to what Scott said initially. I want there to be no misnomer that coaches are fit because (laughs) they coach coaches are not innately fit scott it's Uh a dream world that you have imagined interesting i eat terribly in season i sleep terribly in season um i wish being in the gym made me fit but it does not. So just standing there, just blowing a whistle doesn't there. make you fit. It's like osmosis, right? Does not. I wish. Oh, goodness, <laughs> but, I wish. But the question wish, is, is like, how are the coaches doing at Shenandoah in the staff, faculty, um, step challenge, wellness challenge? I feel like they they are the ones who are in the top 10. And um, for the past month or so, there's been a HR wellness challenge, step challenge. There's an app associated with that. And I've had a lot of fun. Um participating in that challenge and kind of um, having a lively chat in the app. Um, 
I believe that Amanda Levy does very well in this uh, challenge, and I think that around she the is moving Center. a lot more than I am. Walking <laughs> around the Wilkins Center is an X factor. I, I don't know that the coaches know about this challenge because coaches are very competitive, and I think if coaches knew about this challenge, it would be on. Uh-huh. It would be on. <laughs> Yeah. Joey, what, what would you compare coaching and faculty and, and the roles of student-athletes? I mean, I, I think that, Erica, you said a lot of things that are, and Melissa, the same thing, that there's a lot of parallels between coaching and, and teaching. Mm-hmm. A lot of parallels, whether it's an undergrad level, the high school level, or, you know, K through 12, coaching. Um, you know, one of the things that I love about coaching was that when I, I did coach, I coached ninth grade baseball and I coached JV football when I was working in, in Georgia, which meant I wasn't good enough to coach anything that actually mattered. Um, you know, the best thing for me was that all my players had names at the back of their jerseys. So I, <laughs> I knew who they all were because I am terrible at names. In the classroom, Scott, to your point about what would be good about, you know, if we could change roles or what we take from coaching, I would love if all my students had jerseys on that had their names on it <laughs> in a classroom. So I knew who in the world I was talking to every, at any given point. Or who said hey to me? And I love my students, and I do the best I can, I promise. But I'm just bad. I'm yeah. bad at memorizing names. So name cards is one thing, but if I can make them all wear jerseys, it'd be great. That's one good thing about Zoom, right? We can see that their is, names on the sure. screen. Yeah. And then the ones in class, you know, I, well, I still ask my in-class students to join Zoom, too, so right. I can see their names on the screen. And they're wearing masks. So, you know, when you see them outside of the classroom, if you didn't know them without a mask, it's yeah, like... it's even tougher. Uh, you know, like outside, if the, you can see the bottom half of their face, like, uh, I know you from yeah. somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see your name across the bottom of the screen, though. I don't know what your name is. Yeah. You, um, you imagine that part of people's faces, though. Whether you've ever yeah. seen it or not, you fill it in, and sometimes you're right. Uh-huh. Sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. I think there are some differences, though, for sure, especially like where I teach and in the department I'm in between coaching and academia is that often um, coaching and sport is a socially acceptable way to be competitive and to like get that competitive streak going and, you know, prepare for something and train for something. And often in my students were trying to untrain that competitive streak. Mm. Um, They often didn't get to where they are. You know, my students excelled um, in undergrad and academically, and they didn't get to have a seat in a competitive graduate school program, often by collaborating or working on teams. It was kind of an individual sport, sometimes competitive, not very generous in sharing of information or notes or anything like that. So it takes us a while to let them know, you know, what's great about a PA is that they're not competing at this point to gain a residency or to gain Mm -hmm. some further position or status. Sure, we still grade them and they have a GPA, but we're trying to teach them how to work on a team. And that's Mm -hmm. a very new concept for them, which is pretty far to make it in an academic career to not really um, have that experience working with others. I love that point, Erica. I I will say this as a coach. I think we continuously work on the team ideology of doing the right thing for the whole, even if that means something bad for you or short-sighted for you. And that lesson cannot go far enough. I mean, we arguably run out of time in four years to get them where they should be to make them the best PA possible, the best parent, the best spouse, and and name anything that they'll do. I will say this. This is what I think makes athletes so special as they do enter the workforce because I do think they have a cheat sheet to those lessons, though. 
I completely agree. Um, we have a very lengthy competitive admissions process, and there's no formal way for us to recognize things like being a student athlete in undergrad um, through our process, but I definitely take note of that. I mean, to me, being a student athlete in undergrad means that you know how to deal with um, perseverance, you know how to work hard, you know how to collaborate, you understand what a team is, and those are all things that we need in future yeah. healthcare providers. Well, this reminds me of group projects, (laughs) which all students seem to hate. Um, I want to know from from Melissa, what do you do if someone isn't being a good team player (laughs) on your Well, we talk a lot about peer conversations. And as we have captains and upperclassmen, we now give them the responsibility of starting to learn how how, how to have hard conversations. So if you've got a problem with something, go talk to them, be an adult. And um, I think sometimes kids have never had really difficult conversations no. or initiated them. And we kind of force that for what it's worth on our team um, and try to force the idea of transparency. I will say that I know my female student athletes, the women on my team hate group projects <laughs> and they'll come in and say, I did all the work last night for this group project. And, you know, it's balancing being an enabler mm-hmm. with a type A and wanting to be successful. Shout out to the women's basketball team who had a 3.68 GPA first semester. That's right. Um, That's so awesome. yeah. And, and all the sports teams here do fantastic in the classroom. I, I've got to throw this back to you too, you guys, Joey and Scott. If you can say, you know, student X dropped the ball, they didn't show up, they didn't do this, just like maybe something happens in a basketball practice, what would be your go-to punitive on the end line move for that student? If, if you could. If, if you I was could. a coach? Yeah. Oh. Um, uh, <laughs> I'm on the spot here. Yeah, you're Joe, on you, the spot. You, I'm, I'll you, vamp a little bit while, while you're going. So, so Melissa, you're asking if – so if, if I have if we have a, a drill and we don't yeah. hit the goal, I could say to the team, "Get on the end line. We're going to do blank." Yeah. If if one of your students fails to present on the time frame that they had, and they said, "Nope," right? We're going to invert this question here, right? Of yeah. coaches and what what would you want to do to them? Or as make a them, professor, what do I do? Yeah, to them? but or, just taking the idea that you could do something physical. I would make the entire. I mean, I was I was always a big proponent of making the entire team run. Yeah. So hmm. if a student messes up, everybody's let's go. Running. Yeah, every, okay. everybody get on the line, suicides and, and all kinds of things yeah. that you're doing on. I mean, yeah, that's I, I was a big proponent on one person messes up on the team. The entire team pays for it. Scott. Yeah. See, from the, the one sports psych class that I took senior year of college, like 21 years ago, uh, we, we talked about there how like punishing the whole team for what one person did can like breed resentment among the team and sort of like hurt the team spirit. So I would probably focus on, you know, the one, the one wrongdoer, right? Whoever the student is that messed up, like make them do something extra relating to how they messed up. So if they like, you know, went too long in a presentation or they didn't do what they were supposed to do in the presentation or if they didn't do their share, you know, I'd make them do their own presentation, like, you know, extra time to work on what they messed up. So you're on. all about the negative reinforcement is what you're saying. Well, so. see, because you could do, because I know that there's psychology also saying that positive reinforcement gets more out of. Yeah. Ser- positive, re- positive reinforcement means you're encouraging a behavior by adding something positive to the situation. Negative reinforcement. This is going deep in the psych weeds here. <laughs> negative reinforcement actually means you're encouraging a behavior by taking away something bad to keep the behavior happening. I'll let, 
people Google wow. negative reinforcement. I just need this. 10 seconds so, so to criticism, process this. Yeah, right. right? Criticism is a type of punishment. Technically, punishment is a different thing than 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 reward. But that's way too deep in the psych weeds. We can continue this on Scott, episode Scott, I think four. you're going to have to come present to the uh, Shenandoah Hornet coaches. Uh, and teach us <laughs> I don't think they there know. There's a collaboration. Sports psych. <laughs> Jessica Peacock, she'd be a good person okay. to, yeah. to talk Great. to about this. All right, back to Erica. All right, let's let's go through. Let's do our highs and lows, guys. How does that sound? Um, I'll yes. go first. Is that cool with everybody? I'll go first. That's cool. My high of the week or the last two weeks. Um, well, I, I can definitely state my low. Our season ended on Friday evening, um, so just such so feel so lucky, so grateful. And I've said this a few times now about having the opportunity to have played this year, albeit in a bridge season, we ended up having 11 games when it was all said and done, but lots of lessons learned even through the shortened season. I'm, I'm sad to see it end. I'm not going to be able to see my players six days a week. Um, so that's going to stink and, and adjust to the new off season. I guess my high would be that I'm going to start to see my family a little bit more hey, and um, be home a lot uh, more in the evenings for my two little guys. So um, from every you know moment, there's a pro and a con. So there's my pro and a con mm-hmm. of one one sequential end to a season. So that's good. That's good. I'll I'll, I'll try to go next. I don't know my low yet. Um, <laughs> my high. Um, I've got a couple of them. So we we finally finished lighting our esports arena in a way that we actually want it lit. So we don't have to worry about the the blinding white kind of clinical lights in here at all times. Mm-hmm. We have really cool like ambiance lighting now with the red and the blues and the spotlights and everything is backlit. There's there's RGB lighting everywhere or LED lighting, I guess I should say. So it's really cool looking. Um, also, one of our teams is now heading to the playoffs as a number one seed. Awesome. Uh, so really excited about them. It's our Counter-Strike Global Offensive is the name of the game. Um, our team is ranked in the, again, we're one of the four undefeated teams in the country. Um, so we it's all awesome. have the number one seeds kind of in the March Madness style tournament that starts actually on Tuesday. So I'm not sure when this recording actually goes out, but it starts Tuesday, March 9th. Uh, so they'll be competing against some other schools. And hopefully, I think we got a great chance at the championship. There's some really good teams out there. One has a couple of former professional players on it. So that's going to make it tough. And that's a difference from esports and, and more traditional sports in NCAA right now. Uh, but I think we got a chance. So that's my high is, is that team making it that far. Uh, my low is I'll go opposite of Melissa is that now I got to put more time in the arena because we have teams that are in the playoffs. We do have our full broadcast going on. Xander knows a lot about that side of things, obviously, in the hours that we put in here at night and on the weekends. And so I am away from home a little bit more now. Um, but that's a product of our teams doing better and our arena getting to the point we want it to be. So kind of the opposite of Mo- what Melissa had to say. Scott? Um, my high and low not that closely related to teaching for once. My low, well, actually, I'll start with a high. High comes from a sort of low, which was I hurt my foot playing soccer. Uh, at age 43, I still try to, you know, think I'm, I'm 20 years old. So I was in my over 30 soccer league and I tore my plantar fascia on the bottom of my foot. Ouch. And uh, I thought I'd be out, like no walking, disc golf running, jumping, anything. I thought it'd be out for nine to 12 weeks because that's what Google told me. But <laughs> Dr. Google. But, but my Dr. high Google. ended up being that I just, you know, I'm not supposed to run or jump for a few weeks because the tear is over on the side. It's not in the main part of the, uh, the fascia. So that was my high, actually, that ended up not being so bad. But the low that comes from that is that, so in the past couple of weeks, I haven't done really anything that made me sweat. Like I haven't done any running or jumping. 
and <laughs> this might be TMI, but I usually only shower after I sweat. So like <laughs> after I go to the gym, you know, so has it been weeks, game, which yeah. usually yeah. is like every day or two, I'll, I'll take a shower, but now I forget to shower because I'm not like sweating. And so I'll be, I, I have no words for you. <laughs> Fine, be, the air be, is very dry. It's been cool outside. I'm yeah, sure it's well, fine. I, you know, you, you realize like while you're teaching and moving your arms around, you're like, oh, I smell. And you need to. <laughs> this goes back to our lavender conversation. I need to yes, I need, the lavender that I, I've got. I need, I've, got uh, a, I've got stockpiles <laughs> of it. If you were in any of Dr. King's classes, please stay on yes, Zoom. Yes, I'm sorry. Well, at least oddities of the pandemic and the six foot distancing. That's no right, one's that close, right? right? And you're wearing no. masks. So fine. I'm like, ooh, yikes. If I if they were not wearing masks, this would be a bad scene. Um, so that's go. my low is the lack of showers. Thanks for sharing. Nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Erica. Awesome. Well, um, my high is a little different too. It's not super related to teaching, but um, certainly it has been my joy to be involved with the Shenandoah and Valley Health and uh, Lord Fairfax Health District um, mass vaccination clinic that's been happening at the uh, Wilkins Athletic Event Center. So that has just been a joy um, interacting with people. I'm an extrovert and I've been really starving for interactions with people. And so it's been a, an excuse to interact with people. I've had the opportunity to interact with colleagues and students and former teachers of my um, children We've lived in this community for over 20 years, so I know a lot of people after all those years. And so that has been fantastic. And um, I'm really proud of Shenandoah, too, for just kind of boldly stepping into that space. Um, and just um, it's been a, a raging, a raving success. Yeah. Um, so yeah. that's been really great. And then I would say my low has been that during the pandemic, um, just communication has been more complicated, whatever that is, whether it's um, meetings or class or all of that stuff. And it's taken longer. It's taken more nuance and more attention. And I think what has personally kind of suffered a little bit in the time and attention space of the work that I should be doing is um, scholarship. So I think I've probably been spending less time doing scholarship. And I'm starting to notice that as um, proposals and uh, solicitations for proposals for conferences mm -hmm. and things like that have been coming across my email. And I've really had to reflect on, okay, what have I really been doing recently? Mm -hmm. Do I have an open research protocol going on? Um, is there anything that I have to share with the greater community? So that's Oof. what I got. Yeah. Convicting? Yeah, it is. And I, I, I'm right with you, the scholarship. It's gone by the wayside, but it's never been my favorite thing. <laughs> Honestly, a scholarship, mm -hmm. it's it's been a, a necessity and I enjoy it as much as you can enjoy scholarship, I suppose. <laughs> um, but I'm the same way. When things come across, I'm like, oh my gosh, what have I what yeah. have I been working on that I could present or could try to get out there? Um, yeah, and it's been tough with the pandemic and everything because sometimes it falls to the wayside for other things. So I'm Definitely. right with you, Erica. Yes. Um, okay, well, let's move on to our next segment, which is the Hornet Hot Take. So what is, Erica, what, this is your chance. What I'm is, ready. This is your chance. Go ahead and rant about something. Okay. I've got one that, um, so I have been at the university for a while. Um, not only did Melissa mention in my um, obnoxiously long bio that I graduated from Shenandoah um, from the PA program here, but I have been on faculty for over five years. 
And um, this is, I feel like, a little-known fact that actually half of the student population at Shenandoah um, is made up of graduate students. Mm. So it's half undergrad and half graduate students. Mm-hmm. So I am an unabashed advocate for the graduate student community at Shenandoah. And I think sometimes when it comes to um, the fun things that you notice, like in the sunny, like I noticed that they were building terrariums recently. There was like a terrarium building activity at the student center or the one that got my attention very early in my faculty role here was that they had like therapy puppies on main campus. I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know who could use some therapy, like therapy puppies are my PA grad students. Like they need therapy puppies. So my hot take is that, you know, half of the university population is um, graduate students and they, they want all the same, you know, fun opportunities that the undergraduate students have. And not only do I have graduate students that um, the PA program is at the health professions building, which is in Winchester and is over on the medical campus um, in Winchester. But part of our student population is actually in Leesburg at mm-hmm. the Scholar Plaza Leesburg building. So don't get me started about that, you know. Uh, so we want more puppies. And, you know, I say an acceptable alternative would be like miniature pony petting time or something like that. That would be fine. So, um, yeah, that would be great to have for my students. Yeah, Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, we, especially on main campus and when we only teach undergrads, like we we forget, right, that there's this whole set of grad programs. And, you know, most of them, they're... They're not here at this campus, at least mm-hmm. in my eyes, so we don't see them around. Or they take classes at night, like the MBA students, mm-hmm. or it's all online. Um, and, you know, we send our students off to these grad programs, uh, and we take pride in that. But then it's like, oh, yeah, they're not and there anymore. My grad students, I mean, um, the PA program is a lockstep Um, full-time program. So my students are in class about uh, 30 hours a week. They study three times as much as that. Um, Many of them relocate and live locally. And some of them may even be younger than some of the undergrad students. So um, yeah, so puppies for PA students. Uh, There's the campaign right there, puppies for PA students. I think we can get a bumper sticker. Puppies for PA. It's going to become a movement. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Absolutely. No, that's a great rant. And uh, I think we do need to, you know, make sure we're, we're catering to the graduates as half of the population, like you said, Erica. Uh, so let's move on to tool time. This is about Scott in particular. No, <laughs> no tool. Um, Erica, talk about your favorite teaching tool. All right. So uh, earlier I alluded to that communication has gotten more complicated in the past year. Um, there are still all the same emails and meetings and um, request and communication needs that we've had before. But um, I don't know about you all, but I hit a point in the day, almost every day of email fatigue, where I'm like, well, this email needs to be crafted with a little bit of care and tone and a little bit more attention. And I just hit the point where I'm like, I'm done. I can't do it anymore. So um, as the pandemic came along, there were lots of opportunities and lots of companies who offered K through 12 and higher ed um, explorations of their technology for free for trial. Some of them were for free indefinitely. One of them that I love, I love Loom. So Loom, Loom, L-O-O-M, Loom.com. And so Loom became free to higher ed indefinitely. And what it is, is it's a picture in a picture um, software that is, has a Chrome browser extension or a desktop app. 
And what it allows you to do is record yourself using like your FaceTime um, camera from your green dot from your laptop and capture what's on your screen. So sometimes late in the day, I will pull up a student email and I will just make a video of me talking about this. I see that you're considering, you know, taking an elective in the public health department. That's a great idea. This is who you need to talk to. You know, fantastic. I hope you're having a great day. That takes me 45 seconds rather than, you know, sometimes a lengthy email and um, right, right. Yeah. So I love Loom. They also have an iPad app, which will actually record um, your activity on your iPad while you're working. So check it out. Loom, it's free. I, I just popped on the website. This looks awesome. I'm going to freak out my team by sending a video <laughs> email today. It's great. And this is know, awesome. It, it's really well received. Um, the students I have are, they're kind of the end of the millennial generation right now. And um, they love videos. And it's often better received than an email. So yeah. they'll respond back and they'll be like, Oh, my goodness, thank you so much. Um, I appreciate that. I've answered questions for students like about content through Loom. Um, I have done a question of the day through Loom. Mm -hmm. um, I made a couple of videos with my dog on my lap in the deep dark days of the pandemic for just a little levity. And so Loom, check it out. All right, Loom. I like it. How are we doing for time? <laughs> Anybody tracking it? Yep. All right. Let's, uh, let's move on to the buzzword breakdown. Okay, Erica, let's hear about a teaching buzzword. That you okay. Love it. So this is basically my teaching philosophy boiled down into two words. Um, it is fostering independence. And mm -hmm. why this really speaks to me is because of the student population that I have the privilege to teach. My students are bright, they're driven, they know what they want to do. But I know one thing for sure is that I can't go with them into the clinic in the future. I'm not going to be there being their Dr. Google or their Dr. Erica <laughs> or their PA Erica that they can ask every question to. So really guiding future healthcare providers to um, learn to find their own primary resource materials, answer their own questions, and become independent. Because one thing I know for sure, too, is that medicine is always changing. And there will be changes from the time that I get students to the time that they graduate. So I want to help equip them and foster that independence and love for learning on their own. I love that. That's a good one. Yeah. If we could f figure out how to do that the world will be a way better place. I mean, yes. in every class, in every, yeah, in every team. Yeah, I want them for my Yeah, fun fact. It's for them. Yeah, every, it's, every it's also part scenario. of my parenting philosophy, yeah, which right. there are many parallels between the two. <laughs> yes. I love that. I, the one thing I can think of is uh, if I have a freshman point guard and we're in a scrimmage or our first game and they come down the court and they look at me and I'm sitting there looking pretty on the <laughs> sideline doing nothing. And they're like, coach, what are we running? I'm like, you're the point guard. That's and your decision. That's, that's yeah. a lesson that I think each of our young ones learn the hard way, mm -hmm. but they're playing the game. I'm not. And I love that. I'm going to steal that phrase, though, that use totally. that buzzword, fostering independence. I love that. I, I think every parent should listen to that and run with it like Joey cited for his six and eight year old. Love it. Love it. Love it. It also works for teenagers. Oh, good. Yeah. Good to know. <laughs> yeah. As I prep for that age at some point down the road. Ugh. What's the name? This is this is. Uh, <laughs> tangent um because i know we're, we're nearing the end here we need to do our sponsor of the day uh but i forgot what's the name of the road that goes under the highway to the stadium 
Is that Hornet Drive? Lowry oh, Ralph Drive? Shockey. Yeah. The Ralph 17 Shockey and Drive. a half mile per hour Ralph yeah. Shockey. Oh, yeah. Ralph miles, Shockey Drive. Yeah. All right. So our sponsor of the day for today's episode is the Speed Bumps on Ralph Shockey Drive. If you have too much on the bottom of your car, no matter what it is, if it's a piece of the motor, if it's slush, if it's icicles, just go over those speed bumps and you, your car will weigh less after you cross those speed bumps. Scrapes it right nice. off the bottom every That's time. right. Yeah. Cleans the bottom. <laughs> Who needs the bottom of the car anyway? It's dicey in a snowstorm and a Mini Cooper. Oh, That's oh, when you yeah. know you're living. Yeah, if you yeah. have too much Mini Cooper and you need to right. shed some weight, just go over a speed bump. Who's doing a better job than those speed bumps, though? Don't you slow down, Scott? Oh, of course. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Get your attention. Not much of a choice. <laughs> no one can drive 17 and a half miles yeah. per hour down there. Uh-uh. Correct. Guest in two weeks, uh, Philip Liversedge from the Division of Education and Leadership. Probably going to dive in on some more coaching conversation. Just what I want. Excellent. Just want to give a huge thank you to Erica for being our guest today and participating in all of our banter. Um, keep keep on checking us out, spreading the word. Su buzzword subuzzwords.podbean.com. Feel free to email us, buzzwords at su.edu. Maybe we'll use a loom response this Ooh, week. Ooh, there love you go. it. Love, love it. it. Love it. Love it. Fun fact Phil is on my um, information technology committee. So he'll oh, be cool. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tell him what a fun podcast this is. I love it. All these great people seem to be connected. I love it. Yeah. Don't forget, keep, keep on, on buzzing. buzzing. <laughs> 